Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Happy Friday and happy Memorial Day weekend. You're in the huddle with the franchise players. I am J.P. Mundy along with my tag team partner, the mayor of Danville, Virginia, Ryan Stone. Really, really excited for our show today. We'll be joined a little later on by Sean Devaney, a longtime sports writer and NBA expert. But first, Ryan, congratulations go out to the East Forsyth Eagles softball team for sweeping the 4A West Regional Championship Series this week. Um, Unbelievable effort. Start, dude, they shut them out twice. Yeah, they they looked a whole lot like a nine seed or whatever seed they gave them. Gave them a five. Gave them a five. Five seed. So, for those of you scoring at home, they took out the three seed, the four seed, and the one seed. Of course, you know, all of those were, you know, away games. And then they had to – they went to Marvin Ridge Tuesday night. We had that game for you, of course, on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And they went extras, one to nothing. Kirsten Deal, who was a guest of ours a while back, 148 pitches. (laughs) She went again Wednesday night, but she had a little bit of an easier time. She went less than 100 pitches, and her team pounded out eight runs. So, nine runs on the board for the Eagles. None for Marvin Ridge, which is just an unbelievably talented team. So, the Eagles go back to the state championship series, and we wish them luck next weekend. We don't have broadcast dates for that yet. So uh wanted to send out some congratulations. Uh, before we go any further, partner, um, I just want to send out uh, good vibes, um, he- prayers for healing um, from our show to the folks in Texas and across the country who are hurting from what seems to be a daily occurrence regarding gun violence. And uh, it goes without saying that we need to figure out a better way because whatever's happening is not working. And it seems like we're saying that over and over again. Uh, yeah, I mean, something something has to change. Um, I think it starts, starts at the top. Uh, our, our government has got to stop mortgaging uh kids futures so people can own certain types of weapons 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to go too much further into it. Yeah, we have sports answers. We don't have we don't have a lot of different answers, but we do have questions and concerns. And I guess it the way we can start to help as a community is start voicing those concerns and asking those questions. And that's where we'll leave it. Now let's moving on move on to the sports world while we have time. A couple of base a couple of local notes for you. College baseball conference tournament play is in full swing this week, and the weather is just rearranging the schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have friends who are um, located in this week in Charlotte doing the ACC tournament, they, and we've got friends who were in Hoover, Alabama for the SEC tournament, and both of those tournament schedules are uh, have been juggled all week, as well as the Big Ten and Big Twelve. Just crazy. Yeah, I mean it's. A- it comes with the territory. I mean, I feel like this happens in Omaha every year, too, when they get to the College World Series. You just get a bunch of games that get moved around. And I think uh, probably the most unfortunate aspect of that is it, it probably hurts TV, you know, more so than anything because it's hard to know when those games are going to get played and when they're going to get rescheduled and things of uh, of that nature. So, uh, But it's you know, it, it happens every year at uh, – at this time, I mean, it's just the the time of the year that it lines up to be played is the same time of the year we, where we get a lot of storms coming through the uh, right southeast. So it's uh, I think you know these conference tournaments know that it's probably going to be an issue every year, um, and it's really, I mean, it's really not a whole lot they can do about it other than kind of wait it out. Now, Wake Forest is already theoretically um, out of the ACC tournament. Um, the game played today is basically um, to enhance their resume. They um, they lost to State in game one. State has gone on to advance to yep. the semifinals. Um, with no surprise there. But hopefully the Deeks have a good enough resume and enough quality wins to earn themselves a trip to a, a regional, no matter where it is next week. Uh, your thoughts on Wake Forest's chances of getting in to the big show? Well, I think that their last I saw, I think their RPI was like 21 or something like that. Um, so, I mean, I, that, that bodes well for them, I think. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, they're in such a good conference and there's so many teams from the ACC that are going to go. Um, and the fact that, you know, they didn't advance, it means they're going to be, they're going to kind of be on pins and needles waiting to, uh, to find out, but, um, you know, they'll find out the same time the rest of us do. So I, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either way. I guess is uh, is how I would look at it in terms of you know whether they'll whether they'll be in the tournament or not. Actually, their RPI is four, up to fourteen now, so uh, that bodes even better than I thought. So uh, I think there's a pretty good chance they get in, but it's not a hundred percent. That's for sure. Well, that's a, even with a uh, even with you know an a less than stellar ACC tournament appearance, they actually made just qualifying for this tournament is a big, big deal considering the firepower that's in the ACC. So, um, you know, still a good showing this season for the Deeks, and we hope that they can get into that conference to the NCAA tournament and get sent somewhere next week. Speaking of Wake Forest, and I don't want to. 
I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I don't think this one's dead yet. Two weeks ago, they they fired Jen Hoover. Mm-hmm. And the big concern there was the timing of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. The women's basketball season ended in March for them. They waited until the ACC meetings or the week of the ACC meetings to terminate to terminate her while she was still um, at Amelia Island with everybody else. And the joint statement that they put out in, included the words I w- as far as Hoover's concerned. Uh, she said I was I found out today that I was terminated uh, without cause, which sounds like very lawyer specific wording don't you think so yeah i would agree now the timing's in question or it was in question two weeks ago it's two weeks later wake forest still doesn't have a women's basketball coach and more importantly ryan they don't have a staff there's there's they don't have anybody their top assistant is now the head coach at william and mary dane sparrow who was also an assistant, she started with, you know, Jen gave Dane his start, um, has has changed his Twitter handle to where you, one might make the assumption that he might be joining the staff at William & Mary. But there is no news on the other, uh, Dane and the other uh, the staff assistant. There's nobody, there's nobody over there. It's May. Yeah. How, how, that nor normally, if I'm not mistaken, the kids get a break after uh, after graduation last, which was last Monday, and then they'll be back shortly for summer sessions where they can go through workouts and they're allowed a certain number of limited one-on-one workouts. Who are we waiting on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what wakes. Uh doing in that regard because again the timing when they fired her did not make a lot of sense but i mean if you were going to fire her at that time you would assume that you had somebody lined up but that was clearly not the case yeah so, and you you mentioned that you know it, it, the way that it worked out it made sense that there was somebody in you know in wake forest back pocket ready to introduce but that hasn't been the case so no I, or at least so i don't know what I don't know what they're waiting on at this point. Now, as of right, yeah, and that is the case as of right now. While we while we do this show, but you know, the things could change rapidly. But it just doesn't make sense with all the other positive news that comes out has come out of Wake Forest athletics as of late. Um, th- there just seems to be a lot more to this story, and a lot more that's probably not good. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, when you're when your former coach comes out and says that she was fired without cause, doesn't necessarily look great. And also, somebody needed to read that copy before releasing it because it just looked weird with the statement from athletics director <laughs> John Curry and then having that statement included yeah. in the release. It just was very, very strange. But something happened bad somewhere. And I guess we'll see how that plays plays out. But as a fan of Wake Forest basketball, and especially Wake Forest women's basketball, and the kids that they have on that squad, I want to see 
that program have good things happen to it. So um, a good vibe send, being sent out that way. I need to switch directions because this is Memorial Day weekend. Yep. Are you a racing guy? No. <laughs> now this, you know, and, and we do have a new racing show that is going to is that is on every Monday nights pit stop. You know, on uh, you know, it's on WTOB, right? Yep. Uh, who we who we got? Hope Brett's hosting that, right? Brett hosts it. Uh, yeah, I think he has. I think he just kind of has like rotating guests, I believe. And Brett is the right guy because you and I don't know anything about okay. racing. No question. <laughs> you and I don't know anything about racing. So how in the world? If, if that's supposed to, if Memorial Day sporting wise is about baseball and racing, how are you going to spend Memorial Day? Well, I know one thing we're doing, well, but what are the other things? I mean, the NBA playoffs will be on still. Um, you know, I think Memorial Day is usually a uh, usually an outside holiday. You're, you know, cookout, swimming, hiking, things like that. But you're I'm not, not doing. Right. You're not, not sure. doing. Go ahead. I was just going to say you're not doing anything special, like you're not grilling, you're not cooking, or anything like that. No, I mean I got some friends coming to town, but other than that, I don't think we have we have any specific plans. See, uh, and, th- just yet. and that's what I'm getting at. So you've got partners in crime coming up. Are they are they coming from are they coming from the Danville area? Do we need to alert local <laughs> authorities? I mean, they're they're from Danville, but they're not coming from Danville. Well, so. Oh boy! <laughs> Speaking of thoughts and prayers, your triad watering holes need to be on clear alert <laughs> we have a game saturday night before we go any further as part of the memorial day holiday 7 yeah, p.m i was about to mention that too yeah 7 p.m ryan and i on the call jacksonville coming back to town to take another one the cobras sir are undefeated yeah and uh they don't plan on slowing down anytime soon no, talked no, with, no. Uh, talked with Coach Rez and uh, and Lance Evans on uh, on Wednesday night at uh, World of Beer for the uh, coaches show. And it was a fun time, and those guys are uh, they're locked and loaded and ready to go again. And it, it's going to be interesting because uh, we don't really know necessarily who's going to play quarterback for Jacksonville again. Uh, <laughs> Malik Henry hurt his hand in the last game. Yeah. So, not sure what the, what his status is at this point. Yeah, I forget the kid that came in, but I'm wait, not, no longer there. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. What? You, wait a minute. I was watching this game on YouTube uh, with my son. Oh, you mean the you mean the one that came in after Malik Henry got hurt? Yeah, the one that came uh, after me. I, I was. I thought you were about to talk about the guy that they traded for from Albany. But he, no, wait a minute. Mike Faithful's no longer on the ro- he's roster. No longer there. Yeah. So where's Mike Faithful? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think he's in the NAL at this point. I I, I tell you what, if we, this has been a fun experience working with the with the, the Cobras and the NAL, but we have seen just about everything, ladies and gentlemen. We got handed penciled in official rosters for the San Antonio Gunslingers. On Saturday night, what do you say? Five minutes before airtime? 
Yep, something like that. And, uh, I mean, we just don't roll up, have some chicken tenders, and go on the air. I mean, there is some research that goes into to how we prepare for a game. And I had, you know, me and my spreadsheets. I was ready to go. You had your notes in your notebook. You were ready to go. And then we already have our headsets on. We're ready to go. And this all this chicken scratch, the NAL requires a uh, an official letterhead roster to be given. Yep. And we get this mess. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and all of that on a Star Wars night. When we uh, <laughs> we had instead of the player names on the back of the on, of these baby Yoda jerseys, it was character names. So you had three hundred pound men with the name Princess Leia on the back of their jerseys. I mean, we have seen just about everything. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a uh, it's definitely been a different experience. Um, not a bad way necessarily. I mean, there have been some, I guess, frustrating things, but. Yeah, we won't mention how Ryan responded to the game officials last Friday night, but hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. I told, I told Coach, I told Coach Rez I didn't blame him for his uh, getting frustrated with the officials. No, he threw. He, he I said, was frustrated with them too. He said the last challenge flag that he threw, he was actually trying to hit the official with it. And before we get Coach Rez suspended, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some NBA. Is that correct? That's correct. Sean Devaney joining us here on the Franchise Players in just a couple minutes. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back into the Franchise Players on this Friday afternoon. Ryan Stone and my co-host uh, J.P. Mundy. Here with you on the Franchise Players, now joined by special guest Sean Debony, uh, the NBA editor for Heavy.com, longtime uh, NBA writer. So, Sean, I'm going to dive right into this because this has been kind of a, a baffling and interesting NBA playoffs. Sure. The series has been good, but why have the games sucked so bad? It's <laughs> <laughs> a fair question. Uh, you know, I'm sure that the, the folks at ESPN would like some answers and, and TNT would like some answers to that as well, uh, because it, it, the, the games have usually been uh, unwatchable. You know, uh, once you get past the first half, uh, you pretty much know who's going to win. There's been maybe just a couple of exceptions. Um, you know, I think of game uh, – uh, was a game one in Miami where, where the Celtics had a pretty good first half. Miami blew them away in the third quarter. Uh, and then that, that game where the Celtics got down, game three, uh, where they get down by, you know, 25, 30 points and, and cut it to one with two minutes to play, but ultimately they can't get over that hump. Uh, still, you know, you don't like to see those kinds of, uh, um, you know, those kinds of blowouts, uh, no matter what happens or how it happens. So, uh, you know, it's hard to explain. I think a lot of it's the three-pointer. Uh, you know, that allows you, if you're if you're the hot team, to come out and 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 build that kind of lead. You know, if you've if you've got a couple guys 
who are rolling. Uh, and what happens, I think, is a lot of times the other team, uh, the trailing team, tries to force their way back in by jacking up three-pointers even if they're not falling. Uh, and so it's a double whammy where, uh, you know, you're getting burned offense, you're getting burned defensively, and then you're uh, you're not giving yourself a fair shot to get back into it uh, offensively. That's that's the best explanation I have. But, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it's just really, uh, honestly, it's just a matter of luck. Sean, a question for me, and I am the very definition of casual NBA guy, as in I get interested in come playoff time. What is your opinion as to why the top seeds are having so much trouble? Well, you know, I think there it's it's two separate cases, I'd say. Uh, you know, in Phoenix's case, um, you know, they were a team that I, I think it's – its weaknesses were exposed at the worst possible time, uh, you know, where they did have this stuff kind of lurking in the background with DeAndre Ayton, their center, uh, who did not get a contract extension in the offseason. Uh, and that's sort of been a situation that's bubbling uh, behind the scenes. And I think that all kind of caught up to them uh, in the playoffs once they got pushed around a little bit uh, in, by Dallas. And, and Dallas was able to take advantage of that and really throw them off their game. So I think there was some some cracks in the foundation on, on, on Phoenix's part. Uh, on Miami's part, look, they had a very good uh, regular season. I don't think anybody really thought they were the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, probably the third best, you know, maybe even fourth, depending on uh, how you thought of Philadelphia, you know, when Philadelphia was was fully healthy. Uh, but, you know, I, I think most thought that with the way the Celtics played in the second half uh, and the way that the Bucs uh, played in general and, and, and their experience level having won the championship last year, uh, that both the Celtics and the Bucs were a better team than, uh, than Miami. Now, Miami might come back and, and, and win these next two games, uh, but, you know, I think that, that, that there was always a – uh, a, a sense that with the heat, it was a little bit of fool's gold that they played. Uh, you know, they don't have really that 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 same star level of player, uh, and that they were playing above their heads. Is this uh, is this at this point? Is this uh, is this the Warriors championships lose in your opinion? No, I still think that whoever wins the East is a better team than the Warriors. Okay. I, I, I do think that. Uh, but you know what, the Warriors have, of course, is uh, a lot of championship experience. Uh, great coaching staff, uh, a bunch of guys who have been through this before, um, and and you know they're going to be tough to beat. I think I think if it's Miami, I'd, I'd make uh, uh, I'd make the Warriors the the favorite. I, you know Miami is a very good defensive team, uh, but I don't think that they guard the uh, the cutting that, that that the that the Warriors do quite as well as what the Celtics can do. Um, you know the Celtics are very good at taking away that backdoor stuff and a lot of the stuff that 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 the the, the Warriors try to do to get easy baskets. You know they get a lot of attention for the threes that they take, uh, but they do a lot of cutting. They do a lot of movement toward the basket, uh, and that's able to uh, to generate easy points for them. That's 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 part of their bread and butter. Celtics are very good at taking that away. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, look, the, the Warriors have been getting better and better and better as these playoffs have gone. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, they're going to be, um, you know, right there. I don't think either team would be a, a huge underdog or huge favorite no matter how things shake out. Uh, but I, I, I would probably have the Celtics as a favorite over the Warriors, probably have the Warriors as a favorite over the Heat. Switching directions a little bit, I, you know, I, I remember going to the first ever Charlotte Hornets playoff game. And, boy, that was a long, long time ago. I really want to love the Hornets again. But they don't even have a head coach right now 
you know, gun to your head, who who's the front runner for that organization? Yeah, it's a little strange that they haven't made a move on that because there was a lot of talk about um, about uh, Mike D'Antoni uh, and him coming in, and it'd certainly be fascinating with his offense to see what he could do with Lamella Ball. Uh, but the fact that they haven't made that move yet uh, is a little bit of a head scratcher, and, and and there might be a couple things going on, and that is you know kind of waiting to see some other things and how they shake out. Uh, if Doc Rivers leaves uh, Philadelphia, if that winds up happening, uh, if the Sixers wind up sending him, uh, it would have to be a trade, which is an odd thing to do with the coach, but uh, it would have to be a trade uh, to the Lakers, uh, for example. Uh, then there's a, a thought that that maybe Daryl Morey, who, who was Mike D'Antoni's boss and in, in Houston for uh, for several years, that, that he would bring D'Antoni uh, to Philadelphia. So, you know, there's there's sort of a holding pattern there. Uh, and and so if the Hornets are waiting on uh, on 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 Dan Tony, that 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 might be a factor why this is taking a little while. Uh, they also have interest in a lot of the same guys uh, that the Lakers have, you know, Darvin Ham and and and, and Kenny Atkinson, guys like that. So uh, and and there's also a chance at Frank Vogel. So uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of names out there still. Uh, I think everybody's sort of in a holding pattern just to see uh, if Philadelphia is really holding on to Doc Rivers uh, or if there's a chance they let him go. If Doc, if Doc Rivers comes to Charlotte, Mr. Stone is going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might have a worse one if Mike D'Antoni gets named the head coach. But it, <laughs> um, if with with the what are you hearing about the Hornets' offseason plans? Uh, I mean, this is a team that they need a center. Like I, I <laughs> they have nothing at center. Uh, are you hearing anything about them trying to make a move to, to land maybe a DeAndre Ayton or Rudy Gobert? Yeah, I mean, look, those would be the those would be the dream targets, and uh, um, you know, certainly that's that that's what you'd like to see um, if you're in their uh, uh, if you're in their the, 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 their shoes. Um, but uh, you know, that that's that's a long shot. Those could be tough guys uh, to get. I think that they can have more realistic targets. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Nurkic in Portland, although the Blazers have said they want to try to keep him. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, excuse me. Ooh. Um, Mo Bamba uh, is another possibility uh, that, that that they could make a a move for. So uh, you know the the fortunate thing is that you know they're they're looking for a center. There's a lot of centers out there. There's going to be a lot of free agent centers. You go right down the list. Uh, Bobby Portis. Uh, we've seen Kevon Looney and how he's played uh, for the Warriors, and 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 what a pretty good fit that he would be. Um, you know, you get a young guy like Isaiah Hartenstein from uh, from the Clippers who really, really played well and and probably deserves more of a chance. Uh, you know, sort of a uh, you know a sneaky good uh, signing uh, like that. So. The, the the fortunate thing for the Hornets is that center is a position where uh, you could you you can do some damage uh, if uh, if that's what you're looking for and that's uh, you know it's it, it's become an annual rite of passage uh, in Charlotte to be uh, uh, to be looking for a center and uh, and this year is no different. What are your thoughts on them uh, addressing rim protection with Mark Williams through the draft? Yeah, I mean you know I think whoever they get in the draft. Um, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be ready to, uh, to, 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 to throw into the fire right away. You know, I, I don't think there's that many guys in this draft who are going to come in and, and, uh, 
you know, sort of immediately have a, uh, uh, a, a real impact. So, um, you know, other than the top three, four guys, um, you know, I think that uh, uh, certainly Williams uh, would, would, would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, and, and I, I figured that he'll probably be there at 13 uh, if that's where they want to go. Uh, but but I don't think that uh, uh, that that you'll see Williams, you know, getting 20, 25 minutes a game uh, next season, uh, whether it's in Charlotte or wherever he winds up. I think his guy's going to need some work. I, I guess, um, you know, we're almost almost to the point of the offseason that that conversation with all those conversations starting to heat up. Give us. Give us a give us a player to uh, to watch that you think will be on the move that might uh, might surprise some people this offseason. Uh, as as far as uh, as far as players or, or as far as the draft goes, uh, players players. Yeah, you know, I mean, all this stuff with uh, with Zach Levine that's been that's been really interesting. Uh, as you know, Ryan, we do uh, you know, there's been uh, a lot of discussion about him, but uh, probably staying in Chicago. Um, you know, obviously seeing what happens with James Harden in Philadelphia, Kyrie Irving uh, with the Nets. Uh, you know, there was never really any chance it seemed that 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 he was going to leave Brooklyn. Uh, but now there's 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 maybe an inkling that 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 maybe that'll happen. Um, you know, there's so there are some big names who are at least are going to be on the on, on the rumor mill. Um, you know, certainly DeAndre Ayton, as you mentioned before, uh, he's out there as well. Um, yeah, so you know, I think that 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 there's a chance that one of those guys winds up somewhere else and and, and really does uh, uh, sort of shake up the offseason in a way that's not expected. Uh, but you know, other other than that, uh, you're probably looking at mostly lesser names. Uh, you know, guys who can really come in and help. You know, I, I'm wondering about a guy like um, like uh, like Colin Sexton, for instance, with the with the Cavaliers, who um, you, you know has a knee injury, but also is a 20 point per game scorer when healthy and, 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 you know, still a young guy, I think he's 23 uh, and, and, and still has a bright NBA future. What happens with him? You know, he's, he, he's somebody who uh, I think a smart team can really get uh, at a bargain price. Same with say Mo Bamba, uh, who's been a disappointment in Orlando, but really, really played well this season uh, and, uh, and is going to wind up somewhere else. I think it'd be smart of a team to, uh, to, to, to step in and, and, and try to nab him. So uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think, I think one of those big name guys is probably going to move. Uh, be interesting to see who it is and and, and where he goes. Uh, but I think the the bulk of the movement is going to be, uh, you know, the, the sort of second tier guys who you know really could be the difference between you know do you win or do you lose. You know, Sean. Despite the the margins on, in the, of the final scores, one of the things that I have noticed is a little bit, at least throughout the playoffs, is. The style of the NBA seems to be evolving once again where you've got your hard-working defensive teams like Miami, despite their performance against the Celtics. Um, they're a hard, it's more of a blue-collar thing, and goodness gracious, the Celtics have the most active hands defensively that I've seen. And it just seems that Dallas is the same way. It seems like we're getting away from what I used to consider kind of soft play to a more defensive uh, defensive minded league and I don't know a whether you see that too or and b what would cause that kind of evolution yeah you know it's it, it's a really good point jp because it's 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 true and I think it's one of the things that that a lot of teams really got wrong 
and when they were looking for lessons uh, from the uh, uh, from those great Warriors teams, the ones that went to five straight finals from 2015 to 2019, uh, you know, I think that the lesson that that a lot of teams took was we got to find Steph Curry, and we got to find uh, you know we've got to find uh, guys who can jack up a lot of threes, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to jack up a lot of threes. People forget that those teams were excellent defensively. They were excellent because they had players, especially Draymond Green was was critical to this, who could switch, and and they could switch anything. Draymond, Queen, Draymond Green can guard a five. He can guard a one, and he's one of the few guys in the league who can genuinely do that uh, and do it well. Uh, but that's that, that was one of the calling cards of those Warriors teams. As much as the three-pointer was, uh, it was the defense and what they're able to do defensively and, and how far advanced they were ahead of everybody else defensively. And I think what happened was a lot of teams saw the three-pointers and, and, and chased that uh, and forgot about the fact that the, the, the reason the Warriors won was that each of those five years that they went to the, to, they went to the finals, they were a top-five defensive team. So, you know, when you look at Boston and what they're doing, uh, when you look at uh, Boston was the number one uh, defensive team in terms of uh, defensive rating uh, during the regular season. Uh, uh, Golden State was number two. Miami was number four. Uh, Dallas was number seven. And that was after a, a sort of a rough start defensively for Dallas. So they got better and better as the year went on. Uh, so, you know, you look at the final four, uh, you know, four out of the seven uh, were uh, are in the top seven uh, defensively. And, and, you know, that, that to me really is um, – that that was the lesson I think a lot of teams missed from those Warriors. Uh, yeah, you got to shoot the threes. You got to score points, absolutely. Uh, but you've got to be able to have that really sophisticated, uh, advanced sort of defense that can, uh, uh, that, that can switch and guard a whole bunch of positions. Yeah, it's, uh, that's certainly been, been the case this year especially. I, Jason Tatum's emergence defensively has been something uh, incredible that I would never have seen coming, I don't think. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, and, and you know he's a great example of that. Uh, you know, and 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 I think he still has some room to grow, and and I think he's going to. Uh, but you know, when you look at Robert Williams and and how much better they are on the floor, uh, when when Robert Williams was looking at their numbers today, uh, their defensive rating when he's off the floor is one hundred eight point seven, which is not bad. Uh, but when he's on the floor, it's ninety eight point seven. So they give up ninety eight point seven points. For 100 possessions, when Robert Williams, uh, that's incredible, and 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 that's that's the kind of defender uh, that you need. Derek White has been terrific for them. Uh, you know, terrible offensively. He had a good game the other night, but he's been terrible offensively. You talk to people at the Celtics, they say we love the guy because of what he's doing on the defensive end. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been a big addition for him, no question about that. You know, we've been talking to uh, heavy NBA editor uh, Sean Devaney. Check out his stuff at uh, at heavy. Dot com. Sean, appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to join us this afternoon. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And that's uh, that's heavy NBA uh, dot com or NBA editor for uh, for heavy dot com. Sean Devaney. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a break here on the franchise players. When we come back, we'll get into our Haterade and Gatorade shower. Stay tuned here on WWBG and on Tobacco Road Sports Radio dot com. In professional sports. A franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back in to Franchise Players, J.P. Monday along with Ryan Stone. Ryan I know your friends are coming down Danville, and I know that the 
the future child's college fund's about to be spent <laughs> on all kinds of various entertainment throughout the triad. But do you have any stone cold locks for us to bet the farm on for entertainment purposes only? Um, I mean, I think I do think the Celtics will finish off the Heat tonight. I think the Heat are just too banged up. Um, I think they were a seven point favorite last I saw with the Celtics uh, tonight. So I, I would take that. Um, I've been big on Jalen Brown's props during this series. So I've been, you know, him, I, him over two and a half made threes is probably a good bet. And him over six and a half rebounds, that is hit. I think in every game but game five, it's hit over six and a half rebounds. So I, those are two I'd also consider. And if Kyle Lowry is playing, I would take the under on whatever his points prop is because he has been just dreadful so far. Like I, I think his over under was ten and a half for game five, and he didn't even score. So <laughs> – uh, I would take the under on Kyle Lowry if he's if he's in the lineup. But uh, the most part, I, I think I think Boston is going to finish finish it off tonight. So, so I, I need to ask this because the Saturday, on Friday night, last Friday night, we're doing the, the Cobras game. It's way out of hand, and we start monitoring certain basketball games. And you start to look stricken a little bit by what's happening, and I, and and you, I violated some sort of superstition. <laughs> yeah, did, yeah, and it bit me. Did it did bite you? It did. It bit me. So I, I, how do your numbers look at this point? Um, are they trending back upward, or are you back on a kind of a? a a downward spiral because things weren't was, looking good for a while. I was three and one last night, so going back up a little bit now. Still, still like seventeen games over five hundred, I believe. So, okay, that's not good. bad. And I learned something Friday night, and I'll never do that to you again. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't say. You just don't say it. It's, I didn't. I didn't realize you had taken Dallas, <laughs> and I didn't realize that. <laughs> They were going to, you know, give up the ghost there at the end. So, um, my apologies to that. I've done um, it to myself before, so I can't really be mad. But the, if if you guys had seen the look that Ryan gave me <laughs> during that game, and he's trying to call the game, yeah, it, it was like I had just done something completely evil. So, it, yeah, not good at all. Um, this is the time of the show where we usually give out Gatorade showers or Haterade showers. Do you have either to give out this week? Um, you know, I don't. I can't really think of anything that's happened, at least in sports, that requires you know Haterade of any type necessarily. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's been like some a somewhat quiet week. Haven't really had anybody do anything super like stupid or anything. Not exceptionally stupid. I can't think of anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think, and I can't. I can't really come up with anything. Um, I do think it's. I do think I've started to see people put out the predicted NFL records for the upcoming season, and I think that's incredibly stupid in football because to do it that early because 
somebody always gets hurt in training camp. Yep. Somebody always gets hurt in the preseason, and it's always going to change things. Also, like for the Browns, you don't know when how many games Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended, so it's impossible to predict what their record's going to be. And you don't know who's going to be the backup quarterback because <laughs> you don't know where Baker Mayfield's going to be. And same thing with any of these teams that have been interested in Baker Mayfield. You don't know if he's going to be on their roster or not. Uh, I think it's, I, that, that could get a little hater rate, I guess, because I, I just think it's it's foolish to try to do it this far in advance. Because I, and I get it. It's because there's not a ton to talk about right now of the NBA and what, whatever else is going on in the uh, in the NFL. But I think uh, trying to predict records in May is a little absurd. Or something that doesn't play until September. I saw Desmond's uh, Believe in the Panthers podcast came out this week, and he said they went through the schedule breakdown. And I automatically, and I'm sorry, boss, I, I didn't know. I'm not clicking on that. I can't listen to Desmond do that to himself because I am almost 100% positive, 100% positive that by the time they got to the end of that schedule, he had them <laughs> – he had them a at or over five hundred, and b possibly a wild card. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't. Li- I can't watch that. I, I can't mean, listen to that. Somebody did tell us on his show a couple weeks ago that uh, the Panthers were going to make playoffs. So, and I'm still, I'm still trying to recover. Yeah, I mean, are are you guys good? Oh, I, I have no problem. That's his prediction. That's his prediction. Uh, but I don't. I just. I, I find it absurd. <laughs> Say that the Panthers are going to make the playoffs, like not with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Like I just, again, that's that's another thing. Like if, if Baker Mayfield ends up being their quarterback, then I, I mean, I could see it more so than I see it now. But Sam Darnold's not leading them to the playoffs in that division. Well, this is going to surprise you a little bit, but I have a Gatorade shower. Okay, to give out. To a group of heroes. Okay. Absolute heroes. At these Forsyth softball games, if you've ever been, they line up, um, then watch from the fence. And there's like and the cl- and the deeper you get in the playoffs, they line up, they back their 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 pickup trucks up to the outfield fence. Like, there's just a line of Ford F-150s and, two fi- and F-250s in this case that are just lined up. And for the last two home games at East Forsyth, a group of students has made it their business to find – how do we say this? How do we say this? Potential soulmates on, okay. the, vi- on the visiting team. Okay. And, like, I heard some of the most creative stuff Wednesday night in talking to some of the Marvin Ridge females. These boys were talking to the Marvin Ridge females that I couldn't help but try and help these guys out. (laughs) So they could yell something more than, hey, number nine, you know, you want to go to prom, or hey, number nine, blah, 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 or hey, number four, you did this. So I, I had to go over there and give them roster names and everything like that, and these guys were great. And by the end of the game, they were like, I'm not going to say the girl's name. Hey, so-and-so, I looked at your Instagram. 
you know, you wore a red dress to prom like it was great. And to those guys, for someone who, who, who was not that outspoken in high school and didn't have that great a game, imagine that, in high school, you, sirs, are my heroes, and you get a Gatorade shower this week. <laughs> I've never actually heard anybody do that at a softball game before. That's interesting. Joe Serrera was with me. Yeah. Sitting next to the table, and he agreed that it was an, a heroic endeavor. These girls, and the girls were loving it. The girls were loving it. They, 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 I guess they, they kept on looking back and smiling or whatever, and I think they were trying to figure out whether the guys were ugly or not. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how it all worked out after the game. That's not my job. I'm a professional. <laughs> but during a commercial break, I did help those boys out. I guess uh, I guess they did their job, though, especially since East uh, side won. Oh, these were the Marvin Ridge girls. That's what I'm saying. It's oh, strange. yeah, well, that's true. Well, well, here's the thing. This is what I like about these guys. They wanted East Forsyth to win. But they were very much, very seriously trying to get a date because the Lake Norman game last week, two weeks ago, the last home game that I did, one of these young men was really, really looking at one of these girls and to the point where – he he kind of he kind of wimped out a little bit. It was disappointing to see after the help that he was given, but she had a boyfriend. So uh, these, these these guys work hard. These guys work hard, and best of luck next season. Or heck, if they go to the championship series next week. But anyway, you're my heroes, and you get a Gatorade shower. Do we really not have anybody to hate on this week? I I mean. If we wanted to revisit the topic from earlier in the show that you know kind of gets a little political, then there certainly are people we could hate on, but I don't necessarily... No, let's give want... out some more Gatorade. Let's do it this way. <laughs> We're going to give out more Gatorade. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to say the name, and I'm not going to expound on it. Steve okay. Kerr. Okay, that's that, that works. Steve Kerr. Bravo. Google it, and just Google it. Bravo. Just, and, that's, and you know what? We'll let Steve have our have our official statement on the matter but google steve kerr and Bravo. he gets a he get he he definitely gets a um he gets a gatorade shower we're still with no haterade yeah i don't i mean somebody somewhere has done something dumb but even the nfl owners are going to eventually go to a vote about ousting dan snyder yeah that's ridiculous yeah i mean I mean, Dan, Dan Snyder could get a, get a hay-raised shower every week if we really wanted him to. But I don't even have anything in wrestling to give a hay-raised shower to get to. I don't. Mm. Yes, I do. Because it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> All right. It just doesn't. I mean, seriously, Ryan, it doesn't feel right to, to end this show without hating on something. Um. So I'm going to hate on. Boy, this I, this might send me straight to Hades. Um, I'm going to hate on Ric Flair. No. Oh. Which I know is against the law in this part of the country. Nate. Yeah. If, if you haven't heard, um, during StarCast, which is a convention that's being held um, 
in Nashville coming up in June. Um, it, it it's in conjunction with a WWE event. I think it's a summer. It might be SummerSlam. I don't know what it is. At any event, in any event, um, they have advertised that Ric Flair is going to wrestle his last match. So Ric Flair has Ric Flair wrestled his last match only w- once officially. That was, the, that was the Shawn Michaels match, The right? Shawn Michaels match, which was beautiful, and it should have ended right there. But unfortunately, he's got alimony payments to four wives, ex-wives, to make. <laughs> and didn't he get married again? No, no it was uh, one of those. It was, oh. uh, um, it was a marriage without it being official. Oh, okay. Uh, whatever. I guess if you're Ric Flair, you can do that. However, he's going to wrestle, so I... If I might have this wrong, kind of, but he's going to team up with um, AE, AEW uh, stars uh, FTR, which are kind of, they wrestle like a modern-day Four Horsemen, um, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, and they are going to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express and somebody else. And Ric Flair says that while... He, Hulk Hogan will not be invo- involved in his final match. He is going to come off the top rope. Ric Flair is over 70 years old. So, Rick, I'm going to hate on you for that. Because I was already hating on you for wrestling after the Shawn Michaels match. <laughs> and Yeah, which was, that was a good match. Which um, was, yeah, if you've got the Peacock Network at the house, uh, definitely seek that out. Um, if you want a good memory of Ric Flair, better yet, watch Starcade '83 and watch Ric Flair. But um, I've got some good news for Carolina fans potentially. Is this about go. the? Is this about the GG person? No, no, no. This is uh, about Baylor transfer Matthew Meyer. You know, Carolina no. kind of been on him about uh, being their next Brady Manic. Oh uh, no, he has he has narrowed his list to four schools. North Carolina, Illinois, Memphis, and Texas Tech are the four schools he is considering. Oh point. my goodness! Texas, I mean, Tech, Texas Tech would be interesting for him because he'd be staying in the in the state and in the Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean, if you do campus visits, he's a Tar Heel. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. No offense to the other schools, but if you take a campus visit, he's a Tar Heel. Yeah, and I, mean, I think he's he's just, you know, Carolina can – they could pitch him on what Brady Manick did last year with him being a similar player to Brady Manick. I mean, I, I don't think he's as good of a shooter as Brady Manick, but he does kind of fill the same role that Manick had last year. So, I, I think it's it, it makes too much sense for him to be a Tar Heel for it to not happen. Well, it doesn't matter because it all is going to end up the same way – which means, in other words, you and I are going to be dealing with just a just a terribly excited Desmond Johnson come basketball season. Well, I mean, he's got a reason to be this year, this coming year. That's what that's what that's what makes it worse. 
And with that bit of hate on the boss, we are <laughs> we we are we are desperately out of time today. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again. Remember to keep up with us on Twitter. Latest programming updates. There is still a lot going on. Don't forget, we've got the Cobras tomorrow night at seven, not eight, like it was last week. Seven o'clock, we're on the air. Seven fifteen kickoff. Cobras versus Jacksonville. Ryan and I on the call. Then. I believe, unless we hear different state softball tournament action next week, the championship series, by hook or by crook, I'll get down there. So for our producer, Desmond Johnson, my partner, Ryan Stone, this is JP Monday, hoping you have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next week on the Franchise Players.